I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hello, this is Scott Johnson, and this is The Diary. Welcome back. I don't know why I don't say what day it is, because I don't know. I don't think it matters. Does it? Well, I'll tell you. Saturday, September 24th, 2022. But did that matter? <clears throat> you have the information now. Do you, do you, are you feeling like you've got uh, a, a, a more complete picture of what's going on today? Because I gave you the day. Or are the things we talk about here and the things I bring up and discuss, are they perhaps more... Um, uh, what's the word? They don't need time, you know? Uh, they're timeless is how you would actually say it, I guess. <laughs> Probably not, actually. This All this mermaid talk is definitely not timeless. Eh, anyway, I hope you're all well. Um, I, I did want to actually start with an email about the Little Mermaid stuff. Uh, additional follow-up to my follow-up. I got an email here from Larry David, not the comedian slash writer slash producer famous for such things as Seinfeld and uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm. Not that Larry David. I wish it was. But Larry David wrote in and says, Hey, Scott, I'm listening to your latest diary podcast, and it's great as usual. I do have an example for you of a studio blaming bad reviews on sexism when the movie was just a terrible movie. My parents are super liberal, too, and they hated this movie, uh, and it made them realize how disingenuous and cynical movie studios are when they saw articles basically saying, Quote, anyone who says this is a bad movie it must hate women, unquote. You, probably, you guys probably have a guess as to what movie this is. Anyway, the female Ghostbusters from a few years ago. I love Kristen Wiig, but still haven't seen the movie. My parents loved the original Ghostbusters and rented the female one when it came out, and they thought it was so terrible they turned it off after 20 minutes. And I know for a fact that the reason they dislike it has nothing to do with the actors or genders. I still refuse to believe anyone cares about the skin tone of a dwarf or elf. Certainly no fans or people who would ever consider watching sci-fi or fantasy television, says Larry. Uh, yeah, this is an interesting one. I don't remember the studios. See, this is the part I, I, I don't know because I just don't have it in front of me. Did the studios like verbally say, did they, did they get out and overtly say our movie is being panned because of, you know, people have trouble with the gender of the, of the characters or because of quote unquote sexism, unquote, like all that. I don't doubt it. Cause it sounds like that's something they do, but I don't have, I don't, I can't find that anywhere. So did people just make that up? 
I'm not saying you did, Larry, or your parents, but did people make that backlash up? Because I, I, I remember there was backlash against the film. Um, I had no reason to feel any of that. So when I saw it, I walked away thinking what a piece of crap this movie was on all of its own merits. It's bad. Like, it's 100% true. I mean, somebody somewhere likes that movie. I don't want to besmirch somebody's good time, but uh, I really dislike that movie greatly and it had nothing to do with who it was in fact the characters the or sorry the actors playing those characters should have been what just one reason to love it but the story was terrible the screenplay was bad the directing was pretty bad the humor was off it was just missing the soul of ghostbusters and, uh, you know, you could argue that new Ghostbusters uh, sequel, technically, uh, what's it called? The one that came out last year. Anyway, that one gets it much better. It's still no original Ghostbusters, but neither was Ghostbusters 2. That thing was a piece of crap. Actually, I think Ghostbusters 2 and the new Ghostbusters with the with the lady cast are are both examples of just garbage film. And the only thing to blame there is just, you know, just bad execution by otherwise talented people who make plenty of other good examples of good entertainment. Um, but the issue I would take with this and any others is, I, are we are we making that up, though, when we say there was the, the studios blamed sex? I don't remember this, and I don't see it anywhere. I'm looking for it now. I looked for it before the show today, and I couldn't find anything. I'm not saying it doesn't exist, and I would love to see it, and it wouldn't, like I said, surprise me if they did. But sometimes I think we we assign a story where there is none. Do you know what I'm saying? And again, Larry, I'm not saying you are and your parents are right to not like it. And you're probably right not to see it because it sucked. And I regret the, the movie theater experience. I went to a theater that what a waste of money that was. What a poopy poopy movie. Oh my gosh. But I don't remember the studio going, the reason our film failed is due to sexism. Did they say that? Or did we say that? Do you know what I'm saying? Anyway, uh, if anyone has any information on that, I would love to know it. Scott.internet at gmail.com. Scott.internet at gmail.com. Thanks, Larry, for the email. I appreciate it. Now let's move to something I just saw today and wanted to talk about a little bit. Uh... <clears throat> oh, and thank you, by the way, showered with emails over the last few days with lots of nice comments about the situation with my brother-in-law who uh, ended up uh, dying from his gunshot wounds from the police altercation that he had. Still trying to suss through what that deal is. They're doing a full investigation. I, we, nobody really knows what's going on. Not entirely. And so I'm just sort of in that position of having to wait to hear. They are going to try to have a funeral soon and we'll figure out what we're doing there. But <clears throat> I just appreciate all the kind words and thoughts and thoughtful things that people said. You guys are really great. All right, let's talk about this. I saw this headline today. James Earl Jones signs over Darth Vader's voice rights and is now retiring from Star Wars for good. Up to this point, even newer stuff where they needed a, a blip of, of dialogue from James Earl Jones that wasn't in the original trilogy, they, he would offer that up and, and do the recording. They're not doing that anymore. He's done. After 45 years, he is literally signing the rights over of the voice, and you'll never guess who's getting the rights uh, to his voice. 
it's all going <laughs> it's all going to um if I can find the name of the place. There we go. Some there's a little bit of controversy around this. Um if I can find it, where is it? I can't find the name of the thing. But basically the rights to use it are now signed over to a uh, a company who synthesizes the voices of deceased actors um, with machine learning. So they basically take a ton of their spoken words from previous iterations of either this character or other content so that they can build a full vernacular, AI-based vernacular that sounds exactly like James Earl Jones and can speak in you know, whatever sentence and whatever cadence you want him to. The idea being that if Darth Vader in particular needs to rear his head again in some future television or movie efforts from Lucasfilm, that they'll be able to do that easily and without any trouble and also with the full blessing of the uh, James Earl Jones estate. Um, so that's what they did. Oh, here it is. Respeecher is the name of the company. So uh, it's a joint custody deal between Lucasfilm and Respeecher. Uh, that latter company is a Ukrainian company that uses archival recordings and AI programs to create new dialogue with the voices of those performers. Either people have just sort of aged out of it or passed away. Um, they did this with young Luke Skywalker, Mark Hamill in the book of Boba Fett. Um, they did it with, let's see, they mimics, mimicked Vader's voice in Obi-Wan Kenobi. Uh, so that was actually the first example of them doing that without him. I think the last time they used him for real would have been the trilogy prequel trilogy. Yeah, I think that's right. Oh no, I'm sorry. His latest was for rise of Skywalker. And, uh, anyway, when they showed him, uh, Lucasfilm showed him what they could do with his voice he was like, oh, okay, I think this is good. You can have my stuff. So it's controversial, though, uh, for lots of reasons. The, the main one is, like, now you can put words and literally put words in people's mouths, in retired or dead or missing or gone people's mouths. And what's to stop them from using this to 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 do all sorts of things? Like, why would an actor need to do much else other than, let's say, sign over those rights and then you know, you get paid whatever you get paid. And now some studio just has lifetime rights to use your voice for whatever they feel like doing. So in theory, you could, you could say, Hey, um, Morgan Freeman, you're not going to be around forever, bud. You want to sign over that awesome narration voice of yours? And he'd say, sure. And then off goes him into retirement and, you know, eventual death. Uh, meanwhile, some studio can just make a million March of the Penguin sequels that have him narrating it as if he was really doing it. And you wouldn't know the difference as a listener. It's controversial because of lots of reasons. But the the one I think is not controversial, but the one, the weird bit to me is it isn't, a, it's not an entirely honest exchange between me as a viewer or consumer and the person and, and the group or, or organization creating the content. You know, if, if you if you advertise, I'll keep using Morgan Freeman. If you advertise a, a new uh, thing and you say, well, Morgan Fre Fre Freeman uh, is the narrator for this amazing new thing. And you go and you listen to it and you're like, oh, yeah, Morgan Freeman. Do you feel duped when you find out later that a computer did all that? And then I think, well, do I feel duped when I see a, 
you know, I watch Lord of the Rings and I see a cave troll and I go, that's not a real cave troll. They fooled me. They, 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 uh, false advertisement. They told me I'd see a cave troll. What did I see? A CGI representation of a cave troll. Ooh, you know, is, is that it? I mean, I'm kind of, uh, I'm one of those people that thinks we overreact to technological advancement in these areas. So when we can have Fred Astaire dancing around with a, with a, with a vacuum, I might think that that's just cheap product hawking, but I don't think it's end of the world stuff. It's just sort of lame, you know, no big deal. And there are times when this technology might get used where I might be like, yeah, that's actually kind of cool. But you can see why it would be controversial perhaps for, certainly for fans who don't like this turn of events, but also for family or, you know, or whatever, like, one person's idea, one person may go, hey, I have an amazing idea. What if we could have a projected version, a projected version of Martin Luther King, Martin Luther King Jr. standing in front of the Lincoln Memorial giving his I have a dream speech. And we could recreate it exactly with a holographic image and an AI machine learning spoken word aspect that isn't just a recording of his speech, which you could do too, I guess, but let's say it's, it, you know, it feels fresh, different inflections. Um, sounds like it was done on modern microphones, whatever. I could see one person saying, Oh, that'd be great. That's a, that, what a cool way to relive the legacy into And then I could see other people saying, this is just, you know, you're puppeteering the dead. You're, you know, this isn't yours to do. This isn't, you know, you're not him. If you were him or if he was here to give consent, then fine. But he's not. All you have is his, whatever his estate is, his legacy, uh, people in charge of his his archives. Like if they give approvals, that's the same as if he did. Like the the ethical questions are many. So on the one hand, the nerd in me is like, that is so rad they can do that. And then on the other hand, there's this like guy in me who says, no, I don't know, man, that's weird. How would I feel about it? Actually, let's ask the question. Let's say my little my little podcast thing that I've done for all these years. Let's say I'm suddenly taken out of it. I lose my voice. All right. Let's say a horrible accident happen and happens. Uh, I take a harpoon to the neck. It destroys my voice box. I live, but I can't I can't speak anymore. Somebody approaches me and said, "Hey, uh, our company uh, takes your thousands and thousands of hours of content that you've created over the last 20 years." And uh, pushes it through a machine. That machine learns how you speak. And now it can speak exactly in your voice, your cadence, your timing, your everything. And it can mimic what you sounded like when you were young, when you're older, and everything in between. And uh, we can continue your podcast world. And in fact, you could even keep writing content. And then this thing would just speak what you want to say. How would I feel about that? Well, if it continued to make it so I could have a livelihood out of my chosen career, then maybe I would do that. I'd want to have control over it, though. I don't think I'd want to sign over the rights to my voice to anybody. Not that they need my voice. You know what I mean? But if I'm somebody in in a much more public eye where your voice is really that valuable, Morgan Freeman, for example. If he was still here, what would he think? Well, James Earl Jones is doing it, so he must think it's okay. And in that case, I think I'm fine with it because it's him signing it over. You know what? That's the line. That's it right there. If you can get their consent, consent is everything. So if James Earl Jones says, yes, do it. Great. If he died and then we did it, I don't like that. Even if it's his family saying it's okay. 
I think you, if you don't get consent from the exact person you're mimicking, then you've missed your boat. The window is closed. You don't get to go get it later. I know none of this will be binding. I'm just saying my own opinion here. So we can't, I don't think we can go back and say, hey, I really need Rip Torn's voice for something I'm working on. Oh, good. Here's a voice model of Rip Torn. He'll say whatever you want. Maybe this is already possible. I don't know. Maybe there's some website I don't know about where I can just go put in text and it's suddenly Rip Torn talking to me. <clears throat> but I don't think I should be able to do that without Rip Torn himself saying, yeah, I'm cool with this stuff being used. Go. Because the tech is definitely there or almost there to, to, to where we're not going to be able to tell much of a difference. And some of that's a little creepy because you can fool people, right? Like in the wrong hands of this, this tech, like, like deep fakes with video and stuff. It's, you know, it can be bad. Uh, but even for stuff where it's all on the level and you're just trying to make a movie, let's say, I just, I don't know. I think that relationship is weird. And when I find out that you did Sam Elliott's voice without him, it was a computer the whole time. Can I even take, can I, does that change the transaction? Do I feel less good about what I saw? And should it, is, am I, am I thinking this stuff's too precious? I don't know. It's got me thinking though. But back to James Earl Jones for a second, dude had a hell of a legacy. That's a what near 40 year career. Um, of just Vader, you know, no, is that right? Maybe more than that. Um, done plenty of other things, obviously, but you know, it's the most iconic thing he ever did. It's what he'll be remembered for is the voice of Darth Vader. Ironically, cause it's not even him in the suit. That's what's his name. I can't think of his name, but it was never him in the, <laughs> in the suit. So it's, it's not really him acting. He's voice acting and that's great. And it's its own art form, but does he get the credit he deserves for all of his other amazing work where it really was him? I know this is a small thing, but his role in, um, if you build it, they will come field of dreams. His field of dreams role, I think is underrated and amazing and really sweet and great. And, uh, I'm talking like he's dead here. He's not. He's still with us. He's doing fine. But on the other hand, uh, Grand Moff Tarkin, a.k.a. Peter Cushing, he didn't have a say in whether his likeness and fake voice were going to be used for, was it Rogue One? Ironically, the one Star Wars movie I actually like in the last 10 years. <laughs> I struggle with the the last three movies. I think they were rough. I think they were too easy and safe and they didn't really, really add anything to the star Wars mythos as the, on the whole, like they're fine in the moment, but I don't know. I don't look at them at all. Like I do the original trilogy. I look at them more like I did the prequels, but rogue one, that was a good movie. Freaking dug that thing. And I'm very excited to watch Andor, which uh, three episodes are up. And I will watch those before Monday because I got a podcast I'm supposed to talk on on Monday to discuss it. And I will be doing that very thing. So anyway, um, you know, and speaking of voice stuff, James Earl Jones, of course, famously is Mufasa. And uh, in Lion King and also came back to do it again in John Favreau's 2019 remake of The Lion King. 
Um, and I think, didn't he come back as uh, Eddie Murphy's dad in Coming to America 2, the, the sequel? He came back for that, I think. Anyway, I remember his uh, he was in Conan as well with Schwarzenegger way back in the day. Anyway, the point is, uh, James Earl Jones is awesome, and this is an interesting bit of of trivia here because you know one of the one of the most recognizable voices in all of all cinema history is retiring, and he's letting a computer have his voice. There's something fascinating about that, and I'm kind of all over the place on how I feel about it. Maybe if it's always up front, it's fine. If movies advertise and say, the new uh, March of the Penguins 5, narrated by Morgan Freeman's voice on a computer. Like if they're just, at least if they just tell me, maybe that's okay. But then I'll, will I be thinking about it the whole time? Will I be in that theater going, oh, well, this is just a robot. So how can, am, am I supposed to take this serious? And then I'll forget for a second. And he'll be going, oh, yeah, the the, the male uh, penguin keeps the egg under his armpit and sets it on fire twice a year, whatever he's saying. And I'll go, oh, yeah, that whoa, those penguins, those are, oh, wait a minute, this is a robot talking to me. Like, will it take me out of the, <laughs> out of the thing? And I think it might. I think it might. Oh, 45 years, by the way, James Old Jones, sorry. I said that earlier and then forgot. Uh, 45 years doing the voice. Of one Darth Vader, aka Anakin Skywalker in the helmet. Let me look on you with my own eyes. All right. That's all I had today. Hope you're well. Oh, I did a started doing a thing on my newsletter, which if you are uh subscribed to it already, you already know about this because I put out one today describing it or yesterday. And then I put the first edition of it out today. But basically the newsletter added a premium tier which you don't have to sign up for if you don't want to. This isn't a forced thing. I'll continue to put free content up on the on the feed as usual. But uh, it will now include once in a while um, paid content or, or, or subscription-based content, which is really easy to sign up and convert your account to if you want or jump back and forth. It's really easy. Anyway, if you want details on that, it's over at frogpants.club, C-L-U-B. Just frogpants.club. That'll take you there. You can sub up for free or, uh, or, and this is a seven day trial, I think, on the paid stuff. Um, and the paid stuff is going to be all kinds of content, content, including a science fiction story that I'm in the middle of writing, not in the middle. I'm in the early stages of writing. And I've decided to put them up as, as chapters on there. I don't know if it ever makes it into book form, but I need that extra motivation of, uh, you know, that, that level of output. I want to get chapters up and out and on there on a regular basis. And this is a good way to do it. So thanks to everybody who's already signed up for that. If that sounds interesting to you, uh, the details are at frogpants.club. That's frogpants.club. I bought that domain to make it easy. Okay. So use it. (laughs) Um, All right. I think that is all I have. It's certainly all you're going to get for today. Anyway, I'll be back tomorrow with more. Thank you all for listening. And I'll see you then. (laughs)